This is Pandemic Buzz, a place where resilience practitioners gather to listen to insights from crisis management, business continuity, and crisis communications professionals. I'm your host, Devin Sermenis, a managing director at Widow Bryant's, a firm solely dedicated to supporting clients to prepare, respond, and recover from devastating events. Throughout this series, you'll hear from subject matter experts from a variety of industries and geographies. The intent is to share insights and best practices that you can adopt during these unusual times, or at the very minimum, some human elements that will further connect us as we adapt to new routines both at work and at home. Hey James, good afternoon, or should I say good morning? Very, very early good morning, good afternoon, <laughs> good night. For our listeners, can you uh, tell us where you're uh, connecting from and then describe yourself, your role, and your company for a couple minutes? Yeah, I'm, I'm the CEO of Noggin. Um, we're a safety and security software platform. Um, we operate globally. I'm currently working from Sydney, uh, Australia. So um, it's about seven o'clock in the morning for me. Under the pandemic scenario, we find ourselves living and working in today. How's your company sustaining operations? Meaning what business continuity strategies have you invoked, like work from home, shifting capacity to any other offices, so on and so forth? Yeah, I think um, with the the coronavirus COVID-19 situation, uh, we work with a number of healthcare agencies. So in about middle of January, end of January, we we started uh, realising that we were facing uh, a bit of a business continuity situation. So um, we, we, we did some work to update some of our business continuity plans um, uh, in February. And um, most of our workers are technology enabled. Um, it's just the nature of what we do. All our, uh, all of our software that we utilize is SaaS-based, cloud-based. We made the decision uh, to, to send our staff uh, in, in a work from home situation um, probably a couple of weeks before um, the government started um, issuing some of the orders. We just felt that it was inevitable. So um, by about the, the second week of March, we, we started that process. What kind of government restrictions do you actually have in Sydney right now? Have they, they limited people coming to work officially or, or where does that stand? Restrictions have been ratcheting up the last couple of weeks uh, gradually, which is, um, uh, you know, the, everyone in the community seems to have responded well to it. We had a situation a couple of weeks back, you probably saw it, Bondi Beach with a lot of uh, people um, at the beach, um, similar mm-hmm. to happening in Florida. Uh, but I think very quickly after after that incident, um, the, you know, politicians and the medical officers doing some of the communication, um, it just, just it came up with a, a much sort of clearer position on, on on the social distancing. And so that's been well communicated in the last week. Um, and, you know, people seem to be taking it very seriously. What's next is possibly more important than what's now. With whom do you work and how do you determine what's next? So you're not always responding to what's happening now. Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. Uh, we've had to readjust our product strategy, um, you know, reframed our sales strategy in um, in a very short amount of time, um, and really, you know, just reliant on the sort of the information I guess about you know what critical industries are 
you know, they're, they're, I think I read a report the other week that said, you know, there's 14, 14% of the industry categories out there that, that are actually um, improving their business. There's about another 26% who are staying the same. So there's, you know, 40% of the, the market um, that, you know, for whom it's business as usual. Um, and so it's just trying to focus a strategy in terms of servicing that that forty percent as best as possible. And with the with the remaining sixty percent, it's just you know being being there and 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 holding their hand and making sure that you know you can support them, you know through through hopefully what will only be you know three or four months maybe, but could be longer. So yeah, mm-hmm. right and indeterminate at this point in time. So during times like these. Who are the best people to surround yourself with as, as you work day to day? And this could be anything from, you know, technical subject matter experts or even personality wise, like leadership, business chemistry, personalities, uh, those that inspire and help you move the company's strategy forward. Yeah, we, we have a philosophy at Noggin, uh, which is don't be a baggage handler. It's really about an ethic of if you're going to be part of a meeting, then make sure you turn up with a point of view and make sure that you get actionable outcomes. Don't just you know pass a pass a bag, basically. So I think that uh, that holds exceptionally true during. Uh, an event like this, I don't think it's not really about you know people's functional capability, but it's it's more about that sort of can-do attitude um, and people you know being sort of laser focused on you know. So if you're having a meeting, if you're having a web conference, it's just being really focused on on the outcomes um, and what you need from people uh, as a result of those meetings. Because it, yeah, I mean the other thing is you know you can. In these types of situations with everyone working from home and everyone on conferencing, you can you can go a little bit um, zombie-like from meeting to meeting and not really mm-hmm. not even realizing what meeting you're in. So, so you do have to sort of uh, you know take five ten minutes out at the end of each meeting, just work on a strategy of what you want to get out of the next meeting, um, and just you know keep keep focused on that. Um, I think. You know, there's there's a bit of a strategy these days of you know, in an hour meeting, allowing for 50, you know ten or fifteen minutes to to wrap things up uh, from a task perspective and um, send out actionable items, and that's exceptionally true again in these these circumstances, because you know what what you don't want is getting to the end of a 10-hour day or a 12-hour day or whatever you've done and then realising that you haven't had time to actually, you know, to do anything operational to achieve anything. So, you know, people that are laser-focused at this time who keep up a sort of good energy and who bring it, basically. That's good. And I think it's just like in times of crisis, times of pandemic, always resort and and, uh, go back to your core corporate values. Like you said, that no baggage handlers, making sure you're putting forward thoughtful input and content into every meeting, super important. What changes have you made or had to make to any kind of human resources or corporate policies to care for your staff as the pandemic stretches out? We've offered our parents some online uh, school learning tools uh, that we've offered to pay for so that their kids can continue to do online learning. You know, as much as the schools have been quite good at getting themselves into virtual classroom environment, that's that's been something that we've we've done to supplement for parents needing needing a bit more sort of space. The the other big issue I think is just mental health. So you know, it's a different mental health 
issue uh, that we faced during this pandemic with people working from home. And, you know, I think a lot of people, everyone knows someone who's been laid off. Um, everyone knows someone who's you know, lost their business overnight. You know, everyone's concerned for their family and friends, and particularly if you've got elderly parents and so forth. So just, you know, making sure that we have, you know, that we're spending a bit of extra time with everyone, you know, making sure that they, they just they have a bit of decompression time and ability to get things off um, their chest. Um, and if they if they need help, just making sure that we can direct them to the right, you know, health services if, if you know, there's something more, uh, if they need some more serious help. The other thing that we've been trying to do is just try to keep things social as a team and doing things like virtual staff drinks on a Friday, so, you know, we all get on a Slack channel and everyone, you know, cracks open a soda water or a Coke or a beer or a wine and um, and we sort of decompress at the end of the week and um, even just doing things like just running, you know, having a bit of fun with special days or dress-up days and things like that. We've been doing a little bit of that just to, you know, so that um, so that we all keep sane. Yeah, the, the virtual happy hour is definitely a theme that I'm hearing across colleagues and across the services industry, uh, making sure that people are connected and also work is not the topic uh, all the time. So there's a little bit of how are, how's everybody doing, being empathetic across the team to kind of unite and tie everybody together in these times. So we talked a little bit about kind of caring for staff and employees and those that make up the Noggin family. What are you doing or what should we be doing to take care of ourselves? Like what, what are some of your new routines that you're finding yourself incorporating? I think the my routines are theoretical of what I should be doing. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time on web conferences, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, what I what I've what I've been telling staff to do is to just ensure that they you know take some time to decompress in the middle of the day to block out in a half an hour or an hour um, if they you know can get to a balcony if they can get some sunlight. That's you know, super, super important for, for mental health. You know, if, if they can find some time to do some physical exercise, even if it's in, in, inside. Um, probably the biggest thing, though, is just decompressing uh, digitally. So, hmm. um, uh, you know, because we're spending a lot more time going from web conference to web conference. Uh, there's a lot of sort of news overload where people are, you know, telling us statistics or reading sort of new articles on on the COVID nineteen situation. So it's really just ensuring that you've got you know an hour a day where you are turning off you know your digital environment and 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 just turning yourself off from the news and focusing internally on your family or, or your friends. But which is you know very hard to do. But you know that's that's what I think makes the biggest difference is just having a little bit of, you know, space between the world and work. And um, it's one of the most difficult things about working from home. A lot of people who haven't worked from home don't realise, but, you know, when you when you wake up in the morning, you roll out of bed and you go straight into a web conference and then, you know, you at the end of the day, you finish your web conference and roll straight back into bed. It's very, uh, it's very draining on your mental health if you continue that up for, you know, weeks, weeks at a time. So you've just got to find ways to, to separate yourself from, from that work. And 
you know, from all the information overload that's, you know, we find on the internet. So digital detox every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good advice. So looking at the dot-com crash, looking back at 2008, uh, let's say your best possible revenue strategies reside in organic growth. What are you doing to best take care of your client base today? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I um, we were talking about this before, but I, I started my life in um, multinational uh, communications companies, and we you learn as sort of an ethic of over-servicing your customers. You know, I think that is this absolutely true in a time like this. Uh, you know, you you just make sure that you're communicating to your customers every day that you're just letting them know that you're there for them, not being too overbearing in that. But, you know, and sometimes you won't hear from a customer for weeks at a time, but uh, invariably, you know, in a couple of months, they might say, look, you know, look, sorry, was really under the pump, but it was really appreciated that you reached out to me and, you know, let me know what was going on. So, you know, there's an element of constant communication and that that's true with staff as well. But then just, just making sure that you're doing everything and a little bit more for um for your customers. Pitching new business is almost uh, basically unacceptable or not being responded to, I think, across the services uh, industry right now. What are ways uh, that you think about approaching uh, growing the business and, and what are you seeing uh, in terms of approaches that are being tolerated and accepted across the client base? Yeah, I think uh, it comes down to just maybe a different way of supporting existing clients, you know, just ensuring that, you know, things, areas like providing subject matter expertise and things that are just that that value add which is not a sort of a hard sell but is, is a way of engaging with with a customer that you know demonstrates that you're adding value to their uh, to their business or um, to the community and so you know we've, we've spent a bit more time helping our communities of practice and um, the sort of things that um, you know help clients and help them do a better job but they're not it's not a hard sell uh, by any means. We've also, you know, refocused some of our efforts on providing some free systems, free software systems. We released a, a free epidemic pandemic module within our software tools. And so, you know, that's been a good way for people to, you know, get something, uh, get some value from the product without without it being a sell. And, you know, that, that's been you know, highly appreciated from uh, about half our customers have take, taken us up on that. But, yeah, I mean, it is, it's definitely a difficult time to pitch new business. Again, it just comes down to uh, supporting and doing a, you know, being there for your clients. And I think the clients that, um, you know, that, that uh, are able to, to give you business, um, they may not be able to give you business now, but, you know, if, if you provide good service during those times, then, you know, they, hopefully that you'll, you're the first person they call uh, when we get through this. And that's that's really what I've been emphasizing to all, to all of our staff as well. So if you look back at recent history across these types of crises, uh, what type of corporate personality or behaviors are remembered? Who are the companies and what do they do that no one else thought of doing? An example of this I have is, you know, recently Dyson commented on how they're looking at their manufacturing capabilities and prowess to really help build and distribute respirators. Are you seeing other companies kind of going above and beyond to help out with the societal issue? Not everyone can pivot. There's obviously, you know, some businesses who can, and you know, there's there's quite a lot of businesses that have 
you know, put their hand up, um, you know, gin manufacturers who've who've uh, you know turned their, their their business around into hand sanitising equipment and so forth. So, uh, but you know, they've obviously got um, suppliers and and you know some form of manufacturing chain that they can support pivoting through. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of the things that are remembered during you know crisis are, are really clear and consistent communication and I think an element of sort of calmness to the communication um, as well it's probably been a little bit of a product of the last you know five ten years where uh, you know politicians have utilized you know major disasters to you know to help them turn uh, you know sound bites into re-election campaigns and and so forth so, um, a lot of a lot of the I think a lot of the people in recent memory that have been remembered have been, you know, public safety officials or, you know, in, in this situation, you know, the medical practitioners and the chief medical officers and the epidemiologists and um, people with authority in that respect uh, have, have, you know, have, I think, universally through um, uh, through the public, you know, been the ones that have, have resonated the most. We had, obviously, a, you know, a massive bushfire situation in Australia over the summer, uh, which everyone we've seen globally, but um, you know, one of the best communicators was the the head of the RFS, Shane Fitzsimmons. He's not a politician, but he was just very clear and consistent in his communication and 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 just very calm. I think the other thing is, you know, people who don't hide from the situation, who you know, jump in front of the media and who can um, you know mitigate the situation you know very quickly there was an incident in 2018 with starbucks and um in philadelphia with you know a couple of guys who got called on by the police uh which turned into a massive you know racial issue i thought the starbucks ceo did a great job of just getting in front of the media and then very quickly you know putting in some mitigation strategies around training um for all the staff and it was pretty much immediate within a 24-hour period. So that, that was a good example of of just strong, get in front of the issue, you know, provide some some actionable outcomes very quickly. And so I thought they you know, did a good job. In terms of this crisis and business and and whether you can pivot or not, I don't think every business can. Uh, you know, we've, we've done a bit of pivoting ourselves in terms of, you know, focusing on things like uh, healthcare where we have... Um, you know, a bit of a customer base, and there's obviously a need there. Evidently, not not everyone can pivot. Right. So it comes down to communications, clarity of communications, aligning up your your communications with your behaviors as a company, as well as the actions of a company. So those that are are watching kind of see that those two align as you build up trust. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Hey, if the situation goes worst case, so whatever that is in your terms. What do you wish your company would have done? It's almost if you had access to that crystal ball and could look back real time. Uh, probably stored more grain. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm an eternal optimist. It's very hard to be uh, pessimistic, particularly if you're mm-hmm. running a you know commercial enterprise. You need to be positive as a leader and convey positivity. And no one ever wants to have to plan for a worse situation, but. Uh, you know, I think in these types of situations, you know, you do have to get a, a little bit more conservative in your thinking 
and maybe even a little bit more uh, pessimistic and and you know play out situations that you you may not have you know mentally wanted to play out before and that's that's a that's you know a tough thing for for a lot of companies when you develop a business plan and you go and you know sell that to an investor you know you're not selling the worst case you're, you're selling mm-hmm. you're selling the best case you know, it's counterintuitive <laughs> exactly yeah i mean when you when you do your SWOT analysis you tend to focus on your strengths not you know the, your existential threats getting pointy about those threats as quickly as possible and then you know being able to course correct is you're not, you know, being pessimistic all at the front, but you've, you're sort of just loading that in, into your sort of medium or long-term view. I think the hard thing with a situation like this pandemic is just how fast it's moved. And so, you know, for a lot of businesses, uh, you know, this has really been a course of weeks. This is not, there's not like a six-month sort of growth period where they've, you know, been able to sort of gracefully transition, you know, that they've literally gone out of business in a couple of weeks. So. Yeah, I mean, we we could have all stored a bit more grain, I'm sure, but it's um it's it's really just a matter of being you know gracefully conservative. That's a good term, gracefully conservative. I'm going to reuse that. So, last question, and this is uh, just in terms of giving tips to the listeners, uh, and we like to try to amass as many recommendations as we can. But you know, what sources, social, traditional media, personal networks, uh, are are providing the most useful updates for you in terms of helping inform you of the current situation and driving your strategy forward for Noggin? You know, I find that there's some some great thought leaders on forums like LinkedIn. I'm a big fan of Reddit. Uh, as a social media platform, you tend to hear people saying things that aren't said in, in the mainstream media. There's some interesting threads on that. Uh, out at the mainstream journals, I've, you know, I think papers like New York Times have been doing a great job at consolidating the information um, and they've had to because um, you know they're in one of the big epicenters of um, where things are happening you know we've been talking to customers a lot as well you know when we released this epidemic response module we just started I guess helping customers and talking to customers and finding out about some of the issues that they were facing whether it be you know supply chain or work from home or so you know just talking to customers you know at the end of the week is has, has been a good way to decompress, but also, you know, to find out where what some of the pain points are. There's a lot to learn from all of this, which is, you know, as much as it's a terrible situation, it's also, you know, sort of the the learning and knowledge growth through this event has been exponential for everyone. Yep, I couldn't agree more. And that's kind of the impetus again for you know why we're doing pandemic buzz. I mean, the main main goal is to to gather insights, uh, share knowledge, and you know, return to normalcy as soon as possible uh, for whatever time frame kind of unfolds before. So again, James, really appreciate your time this morning. Uh, thank you for being a guest on Pandemic Buzz. Uh, it was great to have you on. No problem, Great to be here. Thanks. Thanks again for listening to Pandemic Buzz. Please like and share this podcast with your colleagues and be sure to catch our next episode.